This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller. I'm very excited for this show. Why? We got a great cast. Do we? It's, we're doing it at the beginning <laughs> re- of the week. That remains to be seen. We're beginning of the week, so we got tons of energy. Yeah. Exciting. We got to try something new here. We, our, you know, listeners, we've been doing Gamescoop for. Jesus, six, like almost six years now. Yeah, our schedules have changed. We just find that lately Fridays are hard to, to get our act together. Yeah, mostly because we're just kind of lazy and ready hungover. to start the weekend. Yeah, and hungover. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's, the problem is, anytime there's a day off or there's a half day, it's always on Friday. Yeah, exactly. That's so. why it makes it difficult. Falls behind in the numbers sometimes. Yeah. So uh, well, no, we'll, we'll see. We'll, maybe we may have to move days. But anyway, if you wanted Game Scoop on a specific day, what day would you want, it, listeners? What's the Let best day? Email What's the best day to Game Scoop at IGN.com. That's where you can always reach us. Game Scoop at IGN.com. Uh, Colin Moriarty is also here. Uh, what's up? <laughs> and looking very dapper. Thank he you. Went on a shopping spree this weekend. Yep. Bought himself some big boy clothes. Yep. My, my big boy shopping spree this uh, weekend. You're, you're, he's wearing a buttoned down uh, collared shirt, and it looks very nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very he dashing. A, he gave me a, a fashion show last night in the, <laughs> at the house. Yeah. yeah. He came out I love in this that. Like, nice flannel button uh-huh. shirt, but then he was just wearing flannel pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> It's too bad I don't get to see that. I looked like I was like straight out of like a helmet or an, an Alice in Chains video with the shirt I was wearing. I'll show you. You'll understand. You'll understand. I always liked. So I love helmet, and I loved how like their look like never matched the the sound of their music. They had that sort of like sort of like preppy like yeah, college kid look. Definitely. Them. But then they're like totally hardcore. Band. Hard as nails. Yeah, they're great. Andrew Goldfarb is also here. I am. I look like crap today. Sorry. You don't look like crap. I didn't wear a button-down you, shirt. I didn't get the memo. Neither did Greg Rye. I mean, you, oh, that's true. You look the same as you always look. That's and it true. turns out, Damon, <laughs> not only does he look the crap. same in real life and in photos, also in the movies he appears in. <laughs> wait, what did you see him in? We had a walk okay. watch party, right, yeah. on Sunday. Uh, and afterwards, we wanted to find something on Netflix. So we're looking around for a bad Netflix movie or something funny to watch with a group of people. And we kept going by movies. And Goldfarb's like, oh, I'm in that one. I'm in that one. And so we stopped on <laughs> Morning Glory. And he's literally wearing this outfit. I mean, they, really? they wardrobed yeah. him for sure. But he's definitely in the background in a fucking hoodie and a t-shirt just sitting there on his iPhone. Wow. Like, True. this is you every day. And then what was the other one? The other terrible movie um, where you're in a lunch line also yeah. just dressed the same. Winning season, yeah. Jeez. Wow. I still, have never, I still haven't seen a, you uh, an extra appearance. Of yours, we'll dig through. I think we'd all, give you we'd all had just enough <laughs> drinks to where it blew our minds. <laughs> like, ah! I think I offended Andrew that day, by the way, because I, I came home. I was out, went out with Baradon for dinner. 
uh, video producer. And then uh, uh, Mr. Goldfarb asked, he's like, Colin, you want to come hang out with us? And I was like, nah, not really. And I just walked into my room. Yeah, <laughs> I, explained, I explained that Colin, and this is not a made-up number, Colin says and has admitted he likes to be alone 90% of the time. <laughs> and so he wanted, he wanted to come home and watch Celebrity Apprentice and not yeah. be bothered with the 30 people. The in house full room. of people, yeah. I, uh, I got back to you by eating a slice of your pizza. That's Sorry. fine. Whatever. <clears throat> Game scoop. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, listeners, to another episode of Game Scoop. You know, I think uh, I think Mass Effect is sold out. It's sold out finally. Yeah, like it's like not got, like Dr Pepper ships in it. And stuff? I, yeah, <laughs> Andrew and I were talking about this last week. Yeah, so remember close. when Mass Effect was a Microsoft exclusive and it was this sort of like high science fiction totally single player RPG? Boring. No, it Nobody was awesome. It. Everyone loved it. It was great. Yeah, no one liked the original Mass Effect. <laughs> Ooh, let's talk to this thing. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it. What the Reaper? No, not Reapers. What, what is she's a? What is she? Well, who? who, who? Is she? <laughs> uh, she's joined a league of people that no, never had a, a human in it before. What is she? Oh, Par- not Paragon. Oh, oh not when, when you say right. she, you mean Spectre? Uh, Spectre. Oh, yeah. 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 He became Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I was thinking like Leon. Commander Shepard. Spectre before. Well, in the first fifteen minutes, there is. Oh my God! <laughs> Fuck that game. Mass Effect Two, awesome. <laughs> I don't know how you can like one and not the other personally, but okay. I don't know. The Mass Effect of today is, you know, cross-platform. That's fine. That's great. Uh, more people should play it. But it, the, the PR, the publicity stunts that are going on with this game. It's uh, crazy. Well, let's, let's send the game off into space. <laughs> let's put weird celebrities in, in the game. Uh, let's add multiplayer. Uh, so, <clears throat> like, Mass Effect 1 sold, I think, a million copies in its first week. I looked it up. And Mass Effect 2 was 2 million. So those did well, like very well, totally respectable numbers yeah. on 360. But this is going to be the first like multi-platform launch for a Mass Effect game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, is EA putting what's, money behind it? What's that two million number for Mass Effect Two? That's just for the that's like total today, the, or I think in the first week. So um, just on 360. Yes. Yep. So that's really good for it. That's extremely game. good. But I mean, I mean with you, the money to... they're putting in to Mass Effect Three, I mean, I, I think like. So Battlefield 3 sold 10 million so far, and I feel like that's the kind of number EA has to be looking for. With, with I know the that they were putting into it. As you know, we would consider Mass Effect 2 a success, we, yeah. uh, both critically and, and commercially. But I know that EA was disappointed with its sales, so that's why they're doing this big push with Mass Effect 3. And I, I, I'm seeing it marketed a lot more than the previous games were. Yeah, yeah. during The Walking Dead, they were like, yeah. "And now stay tuned for Mass Effect trailer." Well, they did, like, yeah, they did it at the very beginning, like. Welcome to this week's Walking Dead, brought to you by Mass Effect 3. And look for an exclusive trailer during this episode. So what is this, the, the sending, sending copies of the game into space stunt? So there aren't that many details yet. But, Has um, this happened yet? Uh, I think it's this week they're actually launching them. And um, yeah, it's in six cities. It's like San Francisco, New York, a um, couple overseas. And yeah, if you, if you find a copy of Mass Effect, when it comes back down from space, you get it a week early. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to tip our cards here. Yeah, IGN's getting one of those copies. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna find it in the bay. Yeah. IGN's, getting, IGN's getting one of those copies today. Win it. <laughs> Please, I want to see it. Colin Moyard is yep. reviewing Mass Effect Three for us. Yes. What are you gonna give it? I don't know. We'll find out when I play it. How are you feeling about Mass Effect these days? Uh, I'm a little sour on it. I mean, I I, I love uh, I love the series. I think it's one of the great I franchises too. of all time. I, I, what I always liked about it was that it was really thought. Like you said, it was it was it's it's sci-fi, but it's really thoughtful and. and uh, just the little things in the game always impress me. Like the, the I, like I always explain to people, the Mass Effect itself is a clever way of explaining how you can pro- possibly travel faster than light by reducing the mass of something to zero, which is theoretically the only way it could possibly happen. So, like, the, like at the very core of the game is like really sound science, obviously created by you know bright PhDs and they have, they're doctors. Yeah, and and you know they have great writers, Drew Carpenter, and all those dudes are the real deal. But not uh, anymore. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you that the, the game has uh, become you know so big that I feel like that they've had to try to live up to something that Mass Effect never was, which to me uh, is uh, personified with the multiplayer, um, mm-hmm. which is something that is totally and completely unnecessary. I don't care how good or bad it is; it's just totally and completely unnecessary in a Mass Effect game. It's not Mass Effect was two Mass Effect games are all about single player RPG experience, and then in the third game you put a, a horde mode ripoff basically into 
Mass Effect Three, and I played it. I played it like in October, and November in Las Vegas, and I was not impressed. Really, I don't know if it, I don't know if uh, they've. I, I, I hope they've cleaned it up since then. Yeah, I've heard um, people tweeting about it saying they like it. So. Um, but you know, to me, it's just that that specific thing, adding multiplayer where it doesn't belong, really pissed the shit out of me. Just as a as a <laughs> as a fan of the series. Now, whether whether it's good or bad, you know, remains to be seen. If it's great, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it'll affect the the nature of the single player campaign and how good or bad it is. But I don't know that. Just in premise, that really bothered me, and I know other people felt the same way. I mean, even other than the multiplayer, there's like um, different modes of single player. So that's like, what I'm worried about. Yeah, it's like story Do mode, you wanna, like, action mode, and RPG mode, right. and they like what play differently. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. Like Justin was it's, talking yeah, about so it. in the demo, if you if you choose like story mode, uh, one of them I don't know which it is, but like one of them basically plays the game for you. From what yeah. I understand, like Justin maybe it's was action mode. It. it like makes all the deci- makes dialogue decisions for you. Yeah, uh, and so you can just get to the action. And then the story mode is like the opposite of that. It's like yeah. I don't know. That, is this there is normal mode, just the way it was. Before? <laughs> that's what I, this is what I'm worried about. This is like, yeah, I feel like they're just really desperate to go broad with Mass Effect Three and make it really mainstream and sell 10 million copies. But hopefully, they're not ruining the game in, 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 the, in their attempt to do so. They have like yeah. a tie-in iPhone app. Like they're really they're going crazy with it. It's uh, very different than what Mass Effect was before. So that, yeah. that might not be bad, but I mean, like it it, it is definitely different. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be. I, I always go into every review with an open mind, and in fact, Mass Effect Three is like a game I'm more excited about than almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to get into the adventure, into the story, and see what the hell happens to Earth, and see what comes of Shepard and stuff like that. But I don't know. To me, it's it's there's just all this. I like the the pack. I don't want to say it was no frills because obviously it was it had plenty of frills. It's just a single player can't, game, but it seems like they've just gone overboard with what Mass Effect. Like I, I would have rather them add ten hours or something to the single player campaign as opposed to like work on this. M- multiplayer Mass Effect game. Like, I don't understand what the hell that is. It's a multi... <laughs> like, Mass Effect is a single-player game. It's a single-player adventure. It's so single-player-oriented that you draw your character from the first game through the second game into the third game, and now suddenly, out of nowhere, you're going to just play multiplayer in the third game. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to appeal to people, and I, I don't understand why anyone... No one asked for no one asked for multiplayer in Mass Effect. I'm just going to throw Except that out there. Except for EA. <laughs> well, that's... Just, I mean, EA is... You know, they look at numbers, and they say games with multiplayer sell better. Yep. So, you know... I mean, it, it's worth pointing out, like, they've stressed many, many, many times that, like, you can completely avoid playing the multiplayer. Like, you, it's not at all required oh, and to There's also the that game. connect functionality in there, too, which I feel is That's unnecessarily... So Adrenaline yeah. rush! <laughs> On! You see, what, you see what I'm getting out of here, Greg? There's yeah, just lots there's of... a lot of stuff. I don't know. I've, it's like yeah. Mass Effect was perfect. Yeah. It didn't need all this well, two stuff. Was perfect. Yeah, come on. You know, okay. <laughs> I'm saying the game... I'm, I'm the, the franchise the, the whole in thing, general Mass Effect 1 and 2, they were, they were perfect. Uh, except for the bugs in the first one, but, you know... That didn't need all this extra stuff that's being added for Mass Effect. You didn't 3. need all this. You didn't need all this. You liked it. You just wanted to see them finesse what was already there, not try to. I just wanted to see them finish that story. Yeah. Because really, what's it's really significant. Um, one of our listeners wrote in to point out how significant Mass Effect Three is. This is Austin Thompson. He points out that no other game has done what Mass Effect Three is attempting. The Mass Effect 3's gameplay or multiplayer aren't what existing fans care about. This is the first time a game's importance rests ex- exclusively on its plot, not gameplay. Mass Effect fans know what to expect from the gameplay, but they have no idea what the ending will be like or what will result from their previous choices. And I can't believe this is more, isn't more talked about what the final choice in the Mass Effect trilogy will be. It's true. It's, you know, like Mass Effect 2 was, was significant in that it read your previous save and all of these important decisions that you made in this mm-hmm. past game played out in different ways for different people. Uh, so that, you know, now you've got two games to build on for going into Mass Effect 3. Two games worth of decisions. Well, and plus, we'll like, see. that's what they're, like, so this galactic readiness is, like, affected by the multiplayer and the iPhone app and all that stuff. And, like, that's supposed to determine what ending you can get. And, like, that's more, more than the multiplayer gameplay itself, that's what concerns me. Because, like, mm-hmm. I played through the first Mass Effect, like, five times, I think, because I got all the achievements in it. And then the second one I played through twice to get through all the difficulties and stuff. And it's like, this one, like, I'm not going to play it, like, 15 times to get all the possible endings and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that scares me. Too much. I hope it starts with me pregnant with Garrus's baby. <laughs> you, Greg Miller, not your character. Not even, yeah, I turn it on, and all of a sudden I just get a bellyache. Garrus. Yeah, speaking I, of that, I, I would play that. I mean, this no disrespect to Jessica Chobot, but it, uh, it bugs me that she's in the game because we know her. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, like it's not like she's like a celebrity that's you know like like Seth Green that's in the game. It's like she. This is somebody that I know personally, and that's gonna like be weird. Like run into this person in the game. Like why did they have to use their likeness? You know? Yeah. yeah. I, like I wouldn't want you to be in the game, Greg, oh, just because totally, like yeah. that'd be weird. Like Greg's in Mass Effect. Like what? I, I'm supposed to be in this space. Yeah, it's, sci-fi it's, it's epic. interesting. Like, now, I mean, this is person I know I'm talking to. It's interesting that they kept her likeness. 
because I don't even think Seth Green's character looks exactly like Seth Green. He looks like Seth Green. Seth Green, don't get me wrong. But it's like anytime you give a character a voice or stuff, you're not seeing it so much like L.A. Noir does it, right? Where L.A. Noir right. is like, those are those characters, those are those totally. people, they're playing roles. Whereas, yeah, Jessica looks like Jessica, yeah, which is really weird. weird. No, I'm bo- I'm actually bothered by it too, just because it, like you said, like I don't want, <laughs> I don't want people in the industry in my games, you know, like I I just like I, just, it, I don't want fun. my friends in my yeah, game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just I just don't understand, like you said, like Greg or anyone. It's like it, it, at some point it becomes like too circular for me. I'll tell yeah. you right now, if we could get Roy behind in a game, I want that. Yeah, I would that. Be different, yeah. I don't, it's, it has nothing to do with her. Like I just don't want like totally. any anyone in the industry. It shouldn't really be in a game. Except for me in Fallout Three, but, <laughs> but, other, but other than that, so that's like yeah, it, that's just your name in a game. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Like that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, like it's just it's just her name sounds like an alien. So if they could just name an alien after that, but her Chobot. name in the game isn't Jessica Chobot, is it? No, I'm just saying her <laughs> name Chobot sounds like a Star Wars <laughs> creature. I, don't know. I, I just to me it's just that move seemed you know I'm happy for her, but that moves that move to me seems like you know for a game that's trying to go broad, like you said, that seems like a super insular, obscure move that no one's really gonna understand well, unless you're like in. Well, so maybe that's the point. Maybe it won't bother. Yeah, bother exactly. Ninety-five percent of the people probably don't won't know who she. I guess right. I don't know that based on numbers, but you know, aren't going to immediately pick up. Oh man, there's Jessica Chobot from G Four and IGN. The I funnier mean, yeah. thing to me is Freddie Prince Jr. because it's like this is a guy who hasn't been in movies in like five years. Exactly. Like, like, he's, <laughs> he's in uh, season eight of Twenty Four, which I'm watching right oh, now. God. It's weird that they're <laughs> dropping in these characters now in the finale, kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? And that's I, that's what Just we're talking about. More all these weird, weird things, stuff yeah. to add to the game that didn't need. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suspect that the entire fate of the galaxy will actually hinge on Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> So. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, I hope there's some good She's All That references in yeah. there. Uh, our listener, Andrew Hanwell, has another concern about Mass Effect 3 that we haven't touched on yet. He says, uh, even though I'm very excited for its release, I'm wondering how the game will balance the main campaign with side quests. The whole game is about saving all sentient life in the galaxy from impending <laughs> extinction. How can I worry about fetch quests when I have to unite millions of aliens to defeat the Reapers? That's a good point. Do you know if there will be side quests like uh, Mass Effect 1 and 2 in the new game? I'm sure there will be. And it's funny because I've thought about that too in passing. Just like the, the yeah, cataclysm that's any must, game though, really. Like, yeah, the cataclysm though must I, – I don't – I've actually – I was talking to Casey, our editor-in-chief, and I was – you know, I'm reviewing the game. And I was like, I've been on complete blackout with Mass Effect 3 for the last six months. Like I don't want to know anything – you know, I know some meteors hit the Earth or something at some point. One of the trailers, about <laughs> yeah. it. that's about it. But I don't know like when these things happen, and I'm kind of hoping that it like to not ruin the narrative. It happens later in the game, or there's some sort of you know occupation of Earth or whatever that you have to deal with later, and so you can go about fetching yeah. credits for some criminal underlord. Aliens are attacking England. All right, but I gotta mine all this ore out of this plane, and I'll be there in a bit. That's the thing, though. There's like there's two ways to do that. Like a lot of JRPGs are like that. It's like, oh my god, you that's, have to do this. Yeah, ASAP, I just think that's every running around. You you always have to save the world, but you always like you know, there's I mean, always the al- other stuff to do. <laughs> the alternative is like a timer, like Dead Rising or Majora's Mask. Yeah, like I hate that. Majora's Mask that. was dope because of that. Majora's okay. Mask was dope. I love Majora's Mask, but I don't best Zelda game. game. Yeah, I said it. I hope Shepard gets to keep her. Second time. that. would be great. And <laughs> wearing crazy masks and stuff. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, you know, Mass Effect 1 and 2 were so good. I will be shocked if Mass Effect 3 is not also great. But I feel like all this extra stuff that's been added in there, I'll just ignore it. Yeah. yeah. And just play yeah. Through. I just want to play through like I have the first two yeah. games. The, only, the other big thing is all the DLC. Like, um, someone added up that, like, if you buy the collector's edition and the, the art book that comes with DLC and the action figure that comes with DLC and all the different things, it's like $900 to buy all of that. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $900 is a lot of money. Yeah. Not if you love Mass Effect. <laughs> Uh, Assassin's Creed has, yeah. beca- has become an annual uh, franchise. New, new Assassin's Creed game every year for the past three years, I think. Yeah, right. I think the first one was like 2007. Seven. And then... 2009, right, for two? Yeah, two. two. Yeah. So then, and then 10, yeah, for Brotherhood, Brotherhood and Revelations. Revelations. Mm-hmm. So now uh, we'll get a new Assassin's Creed this year, but this one's going to be the actual Assassin's Creed 3. Booyah! Which, is, which will be good. That's the one I've been waiting for. I, didn't, I never got around to playing Brotherhood, which I know you liked. Never, Brotherhood. never got to play Revelations, which everyone seems to be like, Born eh. as hell with Revelations. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be across uh, the board, everyone's yeah, from experience. From the beginning, that cart chase at the beginning yep. is so bad. That was it, man. Those first two <laughs> DNA sequences were so boring. Second yep. one, all right, now we're going to do real-time strategies. <laughs> I just want to stab people and steal stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. I want to buy all the art in this town. <laughs> can't, can't get into that series. Can't do Not it. Not at all. I, I really, played, I loved I played, two. I played the second one for like an hour or so, and... 
the, the one thing that really got me was I was climbing up buildings and not really doing anything. Yeah. And I kept like, you know, I'm like, I, I really should be pressing the X button maybe or something. And then I would just launch myself off the building and die or whatever. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, I can't play this. I can't do this. So I just stopped and I never went back. But I've been hearing some rumblings about the, 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 the one of the Assassin's Creed's uh, in development. Yeah, well, so. well yes, yeah, Assassin's Creed 3. Is coming this year, coming October. I guess they already have a release date that they announced during their uh, earnings call, right? Yeah, October thirtieth. Yep. And on that earnings call, he also said they've been working on it for three years, Whoa. which means this is the team from one and two, probably. <laughs> oh, you, is that just a well? That's a long time. Yeah, it's yeah. Long time. So we actually we know a lot about what Assassin's Creed Three is, but I, I, wish, I, wish, I wish we could say stuff. We can't say anything. I don't know when we when we'll be able to either. Hmm. Let's just say Mass Effect 3's ending won't be as conclusive. <laughs> 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 Cross-publisher. I'm gonna get up there and find a piece of Eden in the Reaper, and all hell's gonna break loose. I was, by the way, just uh, just as a quick aside, Mass Effect. Before we completely abandon that, mm-hmm. I do hope that one of the endings is that he, we lose. I just want. I want to. One say, of the endings is. Yeah, like that. That everything's totally. lost. It's over. Because you know, spo- that'd be awesome. Uh, I don't want to spoil. Well, you know, what? it's too bad. If you if you haven't seen the end of Battlestar Galactica, you can turn it off now. Do you guys care about Battlestar Galactica here? The show? Yeah, I was really disappointed by the way it all turned out. Yeah, yeah terrible, I, terrible I, ending. Yeah. So I wanted. I just want to say that I wanted Battlestar Galactica to end where the humans lost. Like that. That, that would have been, been much ball, better. That would have like... been the ballsiest ending, and that maybe the Cylons were actually the humans. Like now, like they find Earth and then we be- somehow become like their children, like a long time ago or something. Something cooler than what happened. Anything would have been cooler than what happened. Yeah, anything so would have been better than ten episodes about like religion and all that. Yeah. So Mass Effect Three, I think, is like the, the time for sci-fi redemption where you know things don't work out. Yeah, that's it. I'd be down with that. Mm. That would be good. Uh, anyway, Assassin's Creed Three coming later this year, October thirtieth. Strange release date. It's not really a Halloween game, but. Uh... <laughs> Can well, dress up like Ezio. Usually they want to release stuff like Splatterhouse, and I don't know. I don't yeah, know what came out. Please release another Splatterhouse. <laughs> I'm just saying. Actually, I don't even think that made it at Halloween release. I think that ended up being November, in November. Right? Yeah. Yeah, what was that? That, uh, that Sega Connect game came out around. Oh, oh yeah, Nightmares or whatever it's called. Yeah, House no, of Nightmares. Rise of Nightmares. Rise, Rise of Nightmares. Rise of Nightmares. Rise yeah. of Nightmares. Oh god, that game was delightfully <laughs> terrible. Remember you and I laughing through the demo the guy was giving us? We felt so bad. Oh yeah, that was really bad. Those are the worst. I mean, anyway. Uh, Warp is finally out on yeah, Xbox Live Arcade. My, my, my game of PAX East yeah. 2011. <laughs> uh, it's finally out. Uh, it's, it's really good. Actually, it turned out really well. I'll give it an 8.5 for IGM. If you haven't been following it, this, this one is uh, the game where you are the alien escaping uh, an underwater laboratory where experiments are being performed on you. I, like I know, right? Gets my will. It's a, it's a revenge story. You have the ability to warp. You can teleport few spaces ahead so you can warp through walls warp into objects warp into people make them explode from the outside it's awesome uh so the gameplay is a lot of stealth sort of like old school metal gear solid stuff and uh and some puzzle solving and uh, i really liked it it was good but so i gave it an a5 i was leaning a little bit higher than that until i played the final boss and the final boss was so uh frustrating and not fun at all it actually made me lower my score a little bit and i was wondering if you guys had ever encountered that where like the end of a game was what turned you off Mm, to it In a review, I mean, there's plenty of en- endings uh, back in the day that were ridiculously cheap and frustrating. And yeah, sat through. But I don't, I don't know if. Um, oh, you know what? Well, I mean, obviously I the way I didn't review it, but uh, resist the way Resistance Three ended ru- ruined really? what would have otherwise been an even better, like probably the best shooter of all time for me. But yeah, is it something you can describe without? Is it like spoilery or? Yeah, I mean, I would so, like to know what it is. These people should have gotten their act together. Again, skip a minute and a half in if you don't want to hear the ending of Resistance uh, okay. Three. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's uh, you know Resistance has always been predicated on getting worse. Like the the situation is getting worse and worse. Like at the end of Fall Man, there's like little victories, and Resistance Two is little victories, but also like terrible things happen. At the end of Resistance Two, the main character is murdered. You know, so it's like it always it always gets worse and worse and worse. Mm. And in Resistance Two, you're playing as the guy who murdered the main character in Resistance Two. So it had this whole. You know, premise to be even darker and more dire, and the Chimera we're going to win and stuff like that. And then you go through the game, and it's fucking really dark and really, you know, the Chimera winning. Everyone's dead. It's it's cold as shit, and like they're terraforming the planet. You go to New York City. It's covered in like feet of snow, and 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 then suddenly you like get into like one of their ships or whatever, one of their devices. You destroy, it and then everyone and everything's better. All all of a sudden, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding? You close me? one portal, and that's it. Yeah, like and then it's just old, like it's just like okay, the Chimera. The chim- <laughs> The Chimera cut off from Earth, and so, like, the only ones that are left are now Feral Chimera and stuff like that. And maybe We're still really fucking terrifying and huge and eating your people, but you're just putting your life back together. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, that was, like, that game for, like, eight hours was so fucking good. And then yeah. the last hour, I was like, are you, like, this is it? This is mm-hmm. how you're going to end the series. That sucks. That's yeah. no good. Yeah. For me, it was uh, the original Bioshock. It was, like, this amazing, immersive, great game. Oh, and yeah, then, like, the a, last boss fight is kind of Yeah, it's, like, like mm, it's mm. easy and dumb and has, like, it just doesn't fit with the game at all, like... 
They should have made you fight Ayn Rand at the end of. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That would have been better. <laughs> a reanimated corpse. Uh, yeah, Arkham yeah. Asylum's ending didn't really match. Uh, the the, oh, the Joker? fight yeah, against same thing. Hulk, yeah. Hulk Joker. Joker? Yeah. yeah, that was really. If you guys are trying to put like, it's really like an example. We talk about it in Drake's Fortune too. It's it's like they try to, or, or Among Thieves is even a better example where they try to like pigeonhole an end boss fight where there, there really doesn't even boss. need yeah, just yeah. well, there doesn't even need to be an end boss, and you kind of kind of got that more in in Uncharted Three. I thought it, you I thought you did in a very I thought you did very much so in Uncharted Three because in I won't spoil or I guess we could again jump to a minute and a half in. You know, just because it's something that's a fight that would happen the way that would happen. You know what I mean? There was no I'm gonna drink blue sap now and yeah, fucking be invincible. Was fucking like what are you doing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're just fighting a guy with a knife. Okay, that would happen. Yeah, because some, some it doesn't fit sometimes. Like when you think about an old Castlevania game, like obviously you're gonna fight Dracula. That's the way shit goes down in a Castlevania game. But in one of these like newer, you know, narrative based games, you don't need a boss yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to fight Marlo at the end. See if, if, if yeah, just if, a fist fight. She's she, just <laughs> down in one punch. I thought, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, Arkham City did it better. It, it, a boss fight well like they had two they had well, again spoilers like jeez man we're just doing all these games. <laughs> it's fine but Clayface is at the end of Arkham City right but it yeah. wasn't like he was more hard than he should have been anywhere else right yeah. he was a normal difficulty there was no like I'm gonna come back again and then they let the Joker parts play out through cutscenes and even like Hugo Strange didn't get into a giant fucking mech and do anything you just knocked him out once and then what about your business yeah, yeah that was a smart way to do it and like Clayface made it make sense you know that yeah. was like that justified why you'd be fighting a big boss battle yeah. thing so I was okay with that. Yeah, the rules have changed. Developers are struggling with boss fights these days. They, you know, obviously they were horribly out of place in Deus Ex Human Revolution. Different Uh, studio did them, right? Yeah, they outsourced the boss fights in that game. We don't know what we're doing. If they didn't, if they they didn't, if the internal studio didn't want to put boss fights or didn't do boss fights, then they probably didn't belong in the game at all. You know, if they had a vision, it's it seems to me like I don't know. I mean, this is speculative, but. It seems like they had a vision, and this was the game, and then someone came in and were like, you need boss battles. And, and they're like, we don't yeah. have any time to do boss battles. So they're like, all right, we'll just have this other studio do them. And then you just <laughs> kind of put them in the middle of the game. Yeah. It's like, all right, thanks, guys. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, I liked the boss fight at the end of Mass Effect 2, uh, the giant robot baby. thing. Giant <laughs> robot baby. Was it a It was just a guy, like, hanging. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. cool. He kind of looked like a fetus. Though. And I really I liked uh, the boss fight at the end of the first Dead Space. After mm. the boring marker... Transport. We always talk, we always oh. talk about this. I've blacked that out. I know. All, all I <laughs> the marker ruined it for you. Part, yeah. <laughs> but it's the giant like hive uh, thing at the end. Yeah. Of, Dead Space is great. one of the greats, man. God, Dead yeah. Space is so good. The first one. Shut up. Isn't that right, Greg? Don't, don't, don't poke me with the sharp stick. Just <laughs> I, agree. I, I like the, the first, first one. one is so much better. Than I like the, the I like the first one more too. But yeah, I like the second crazy. one too. I like the second I know one. You, too. I know you Why don't you go play Resident Evil Five, Greg? That's probably the best Resident Evil game, isn't it? Shut up. Um, tomorrow on Xbox Advocate, Alan Wake's American Nightmare comes out. Uh, Stephen Hopper from IGN gave it an 8.0. I respectfully disagree with that. So I think that game is awful. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I, I hated it. Why? Really terrible. Nothing Nothing of what I loved about uh, Alan Wake is in that game. So I like, really... You got a flashlight? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Now, it's not like a... Uh, 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 a cool like survival horror game, you know, with a with with a twist. Now it's like just sort of a dumb action shooty shooty game with terrible dialogue, terrible voice acting, really bad animation on all the characters. Is this a sequel or an aside? Or it's, what a, is this? it's sort of an aside. This like, isn't okay. the proper. They're doing a proper sequel, right? I I hope so, but uh, yeah, this is just sort of a standalone side story. It's weird. I mean, just from, coming from a PlayStation centric point of view, it seems like. Microsoft would be more interested in milking Alan Wake a little faster since it's like one of their only exclusives. Exactly, considering how many, how few exclusives Microsoft has. Yeah. Um, I have a code for it. Does someone want a code for it? You, can you read it off now? Yeah. Yeah, one. let's give away the game I that I just described as <laughs> yeah. terrible. That will I, I just, <laughs> right. I, I just, what do you think of it, listener? Yeah. I just, Whoever gets this code d- deserves yeah. a send a 140 character review to GameScoop at IGN.com. <laughs> All right, I'm finding this. Also, it's send coming. good vibes to Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. well, well, okay. Oh, you got it here? Yeah, do you All want right. to read it? Or no, yeah, no, you read it. You read okay. it. This is All your right. big moment. Don't mess it this is. up. All right, here we go. Uh, 3RRHDXYCDW6HQJ9YG7VWWD64Z. So long. Did I catch a niner in there? Please to enjoy Alan Wick's American Nightmare, whoever ends up with that one. And who do you do, who do you agree with? Stephen Hopper, <laughs> Damon Hatfield. You do the joke. The gauntlet has been thrown.
Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com. Uh, just like... Nope. Just like... Just like... Raxitsinj. <laughs> <laughs> he says, yes, I live in India. I have just bought my PS3, so I want to buy Skyrim. I've heard about the problems. <laughs> you want to buy... You just got a PS3 to want to buy Skyrim? <laughs> All right. Go I've heard about the problem, so if I buy the game now, will they be present? I do not have internet, so I can't download the patch, so please help me. Ooh, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, they're going to be present. How does he listen to the podcast if he has internet? I, that's a really good point. <laughs> How do you explain that, Rexith? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you need the patch the that's The code on, on the disc is the same. Uh, you know, that's, that's the same. It yeah. doesn't change. Um, so, yeah, without being able to download the patch, you might be in trouble. There are solid 25 exclusive games that you should probably play before you play Skyrim on PS3. If you're just getting it. But he does have PSN, so he's not going to be able to get half of them. Mm-hmm. But may I recommend no Shatter? Shatter? No Shatter for him. Shatter's so good. It really is. Those guys. Why didn't they make another Shatter? Well, they kind of alluded to it when they I were know. talking to us. And then, they, know, never... and then they were like, we'll have something to announce by the end of the year. And then the end of the year came. They and lied and... to us. <laughs> they straight up lied. I, my, my theory, and I don't know this at all, I mean, we don't talk to she at all, is that, who are the developers? New Zealand developers. Uh, is that Shatter 2 will be on Vita. I mean, that's kind of... I mean, that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Superstar is really cool on it. That'd be all. Back and forth. Oh, God, I want Shatter so bad. I, I, every once in a while, I just put it on and I just listen to the music. Just play it a little bit. And it has such a great soundtrack. Yeah, really one of the best. Listeners, if you haven't played Shatter on PlayStation Network, correct yourself. Get it together before you wreck yourself. Sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, you look like a sweaty pedo. Sort it out. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I don't know. No, it's an up at new it's, joke. Okay. Uh, episode two. Uh, Kevin has a, has a question about Vita. How successful do you think Vita's digital video game sales will be versus retail? With Vita really pushing digital sales, we're already seeing some of the limitations of a digital future. Huge games need big memory cards. Stardust is a smaller download, but who's downloading Uncharted? Andrew Goldfarb raises his hand. (laughs) Uh, We have some anecdotal evidence about how PSN games are doing. Um, Attach rate in Japan. Yeah, the attach rate in Japan uh, per unit sold uh, at retail is 0.9 games. So less than one game per Vita is being sold when someone buys a Vita, which indicates that people are buying their if that makes any sense. So people, in other words, less than one game per Vita sold indicates that people are buying their games on PSN or that people aren't playing any games on on Vita. (laughs) Which is both are entirely possible. <laughs> I'm just gonna buy this and sit on it till something comes out. But I assume that that games are selling okay on uh, on PSN. I would say, uh, my my guess half of the games being sold on uh, on Vita are being downloaded on PS3 and then transferred to your Vita. That's uh that's why I'm excited for the Vita. Like I yeah. I got the biggest memory card. I would happily buy an even bigger one. Like I just I want to download every game and not have to like carry around it. But like those cartridges are small. I'm yeah. gonna lose them. I know myself too well. I feel like, like an idiot every day when I'm waiting for the Muni. I'm like, what do I need to play today? And then I I open up my little zip pouch and I pull <laughs> them all out and I'm juggling them in the street. Like anything yeah. could happen. It's like yeah. I want to like I. I foolishly bought a 16 gigabyte one from Japan at ja- the Japanese launch to use here, and now I keep trying to pawn it off on other people so I can then buy the 32. Because I, well, I just want to have everything ready to go right there. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for. I just want to like be downloading things and not have to worry about it. And yeah. like, if it fills up someday, I can you know put some stuff on my well, PS3. Well, that's the whole thing, back. right? Yeah, is backing it up and downloading and re-downloading and reinstalling. Yeah. It's not that hard. I think it all comes down to where you live, though. You know, a lot of people don't have access to really well or really good internet, right? Like mm-hmm. in the office, we have awesome internet, so it's like, yeah, I will totally buy Uncharted that way and every other game that way. I will try to get them digitally and go that through that route. But I understand like when I'm on Wi-Fi, like today I was trying to do a system update and it said it was going to take 39 minutes or whatever and i was like well fuck that and i plugged it into the <laughs> ps3 and it was done in like a fraction of a second you know what i mean mm. it was just like done so mm. i get that and, and may I, i'm sorry to interrupt you no, go ahead. but may i just say also that vita is really really awesome yeah. uh i'm a well-known psp skeptic i mean it, it, i i really wasn't into the psp i thought it, it, it lacked obviously many games uh but it was also just a kind of underwhelming weird analog nub and all this shit but like the vita is awesome it just feels great. It's got dual analog sticks. The games are surprisingly good in the launch library. Like, there's a lot of games, but there are a lot of surprisingly, you know, there are a lot of good games. Yeah. Um, I kind of have, you know, I talked to Jack Trenton. Uh, Your boy. My boy, Jack. Uh, that interview goes up today. Mm. Um, Who is he for the people? He, oh, that he's a CEO, uh, president of uh, SCEA. Uh, so he's calling the shots, as it were. Uh, and hot shots. The, the hot shots, six. Uh, and he uh, he seems uh, cautiously optimistic. I think about how it's going to do. And my personal prediction is that I think the Vita is going to be just fine. Uh, I know a lot of people like to bust my balls because I said it was going to do much better than than it ended up doing in Japan. But I made a guess. I was mm-hmm. wrong. 
You put it out Cabins. there. I did. I, I made. You, you know, didn't sit on the bench like some Michael Jordan. You got out there. No. <laughs> what he played for the Cavs, right? Yeah. I um I think it's actually going to do well. I uh, they announced this week a Call of Duty is definitely coming this year. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, like they well, seem no. to be. I mean, to, fa- to be fair, Call of Duty always came to the DS, and I don't I don't think that was like. Yeah, yeah but, but like it's very yeah. dual, dual sticks and yeah. everything yeah. else yeah. online functionality. And plus, it's just like I don't know. Like I'm unbelievably excited for the Vita. Like tomorrow can't come fast enough because like everyone's had it in the office forever, and I've just been sitting here with my games and my memory, memory cards card, yeah, waiting. Um, but no, I'm I'm really excited, and I think they seem to be setting it up for you know last time Japan is what made the PSP. They're setting it up for more success in the West. I think um, honestly, like with a Call of Duty, with a couple more things coming, like it could do like it has an Uncharted title. Like that's way more pointing towards Western audiences than than Asia. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once it gets in the wild. I think it's one of those things where people are skeptical all of it all the time, and then when people actually sit there and play with it, it seems like everybody likes it. Like mm-hmm. everybody who reviewed a game for us for launch you know, I had Steven do one from the Xbox team I had Jack do one they all came away and I was like cool and I'm like you know like usually when I give people codes or lend out a, a PS3 for a review or something it's they just give it back they don't care what happens to it and I, I came to take the Vitas back and they're all like oh okay and I'm like do you care about your profile they're like yeah and I'm like oh you can back it up this way and like Steven backed it up to his PS3 uh, Peter did so that when they buy their own Vitas they can easily download their profile and be ready to go pick up where they left off mm. so that was an interesting little it's anecdote. more of like the handheld i pictured as a kid like the really like what it is on my system at home i have it on the go yeah you weren't no. you <laughs> weren't picturing the atari links <laughs> oh. <laughs> the nomad <laughs> that was it yeah the nomad was kind of a ubiquitous thing with the genesis right yeah, yeah. wasn't really expensive it was just a portable genesis right? yeah, yeah. And so it that used was the same cartridges right yeah, yeah. so you got what you got yeah. basically which is kind of cool but are you gonna get a vita thing? i'm not gonna buy one Right now, no. Um, but there's games on it um, that I want to play for sure. I want to play Disguise Three. Again. Sh- Shinobito Two doesn't doesn't. Do you not play Shinobito Two? No, I don't play that. I, I wanted to play Hot Shots, but uh, Clint didn't like it as much as. Yeah, he had a he had a you know difficulty thing as far as like now you have to get gold stars in every tournament before you, or in every match in a tournament before you can progress to the next uh, like tier. I, I just love those games, and I haven't played like a Camelot. Uh, uh, golf game in so long yeah years and years so I, i'm a big my, fan too and i started playing it but i only got a, a little bit in because i've been doing so many reviews on my own and what i found disappointing as an old callback fan is that they changed the customization from what it used to be remember like on psp or just old, old hot shots games in general mm-hmm. right you could like piece by piece customize person put sunglasses yeah. on them you'd like then change unlock their hair. Stuff, right, yeah, exactly and it, uh, at least from my really you know a real shallow dive on it it seems like you can only unlock full outfits so like you can you know unlock a new pants suit or something like that rather than go through and choose the pants choose the shirt choose like the little stuff you want remember when you reviewed hot shots tennis i do i do i even remember us sitting at your desk in, our, in the old office and trying to get good upskirt shots of yeah. the characters that's what and, we do that's what we do right here. <laughs> good old days that was I, i'm really i really hope they bring another hot shots tennis out that was a fun yeah. game too but i hope again they let me customize everything hot shots golf is the best-selling video game so in japan. yeah in japan yeah so hopefully that will be a sign that we'll get more of those kinds of uh, it'll be interesting to see what's the best-selling game here it's got to be Uncharted, right? You think I would, so? I would assume yeah. so, yeah. Digitally, it'll probably... I mean, well, I mean, I think, di- yeah, if we can get digital numbers, it's going to be interesting to see it'll what... It'll probably be Stardust. Yeah, what Stardust and uh, Monsters, or whatever. Mutant, Aliens Attack, whatever it is. Oh, Escape Plan will sell better than that game. Mutant Blobs Attack. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, they will, but I mean, that's the cheapest game. You figure, you see, know what I mean? Eight bucks for that game, and it's awesome. I gave it a nine, and then Stardust got a nine-five, and it's ten bucks, right? Uh, Yeah. And then the DLC is eight. I wonder how like Luminous. I'm I'm very excited for Luminous like as a downloadable because that's the yeah. kind of game where like I I certainly wouldn't want a cartridge like that's totally. I want to come back to it <laughs> and have it at certainly all times. Certainly not, sir. <laughs> I um, said good day. <laughs> uh, the yeah, weird... That's all you had to say about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just because it, what it's because it's it's it feels like it should be downloadable game, but it's forty bucks. Oh no, no! I mean, I, whatever. It's I, way I, too expensive. The, it, it is it, way it's too a, expensive. It's a hefty price, but uh, yeah, the point I was just making was like that's a game that like I. You know, I see myself like, oh, I'm in the mood to play this, like, and just wanting it whenever versus like I agree. Uncharted or whatever else I would keep. In it's the just slot. like Tetris on my PSP Go, where I would I'd, yeah. I would go thinking on a plane ride I'm going to play Peace Walker the whole time, and then I'd get bored and stop, and I'd have ten minutes before you know devices off, so I would jump in and do Tetris. Yeah, Same exactly. Yeah, I don't yep. turn my devices off when we go on the plane. You know yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Did we hear that story? <laughs> when were you going? E3, wasn't yeah. it? E3. Oh, that was last year. You were you were trying to get like your the like, Tetris, Tetris results or something. Did, did yeah. not care that he was l- listening to cancer results. <laughs> She was none too. We were already like we were taxing down the runway, and she's like, "Sir, you have to turn it off." And calls like, "I'm getting." T-. He's all first off, he's all like turned his body away from the aisle and like his head into my shoulder, trying to hide that he's on the phone. We were like about to like literally taking off when I finally showed the photo. It uh, is kind of a dumb law. If if 
if there were really any real serious danger to that, they would not. They just wouldn't let you bring. They wouldn't let people yeah, bring they would stuff like confiscate all yeah. your shit. I love. I love the ones. I've only had it once, but I loved it. it I, you know, because like at least people in the know know that none of this crap matters, right? Like this doesn't interfere. It's just you want us to pay attention to the flight attendant crap and all that crap. And so we were one time when he, we were getting ready for takeoff, right? And the captain's like, "All right, I'm prepared for takeoff." And then it was like, you know, we started pulling away from the gate and going down there, or whatever. And then he he stopped the plane and said. Oh, I'm getting some interference up here. I know someone's going to this on, so we're not going to move the plane until you turn it off. Oh, my God. And then he God. waited, like, you know, 30 seconds. He's like, thank you. Moving on. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's crazy. The flight attendant probably called and were, like, scared these people. Yeah, like, exactly. This guy won't turn his, yeah. his iPad off or yeah, some right. shit. Exactly. The iPads just are put into sleep mode. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, like, it's I like, just yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's so ridiculous, yeah. It is foolish. Yeah, I never actually turned my iPhone off. You know, it's just in my pocket, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, David Aguilar writes in asking, I was wondering if you guys would want cartridges back instead of discs. I would love that. The feel of it is just awesome. What do you guys say? Have fun paying a lot more for your games. Yeah. <laughs> and having like a limit, like that was the time when you had to pre-order games because they ran out and it would take like three weeks for another run of cartridges to be yeah, made. Yeah. So, mm. so I know you guys have had, I mean, <laughs> the used game debate and how much games cost and all that stuff debate. I know you guys have had this on this podcast. We've had it in our own independent forums as well and beyond mm-hmm. and on video. But the reason that uh, I'm gonna have a little real talk here for all the people real that talk, for, for, for all the people that don't listen to Beyond that don't want to acknowledge a, a certain fact when they you know they, they cry about how expensive games are. Is games are actually cheaper than they've ever been. So you know when you take into account inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the reason I think that, I paid uh, excuse me uh, I paid fifty five dollars for Bionic Commando on the NES in, in whatever like nineteen eighty eight yeah fifty five dollars so, so for that gas game. then <laughs> probably like seventy cents so. You know, so you know, games are cheaper than they've ever been, in mo- and a lot of the reason that games are cheaper than they've ever been in real money is because of the disc format. So, you know, when we think back to, especially the, the greatest way to look at it is uh, the PlayStation and N sixty four era, because you had both cartridges mm-hmm. and discs. In a game like Final Fantasy three, or I'm sorry, Final Fantasy seven, which was three discs, cost fifty bucks in nineteen ninety seven money. But if you bought Ocarina of Time, that was more like sixty or seventy dollars on a cartridge. Of course, Fantasy Star four is my favorite example because that game on Genesis mm-hmm. cost a hundred dollars in nineteen ninety five. Um, and those are all based on the cost of the chip and the battery inside, yeah. which you don't have to deal with on discs. So you don't want cartridges back unless you unless I, I would really prefer that people didn't whine even more about how expensive games are, even though they're cheaper than they've ever been. So that would be a good way to make them whine more about how how, how quote unquote expensive games are. Yeah, I don't anyway. want cartridges back, and it, uh, I know we beat this drum all the time. I just want everything to go digital. Just, totally. Let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. I, I, you know, right now I think the Vita has it all in place right now for where we are at the time, right? If you want to go to GameStop and buy the cartridges, ha- have at it. And if you want to download them, here they are. It's like, great. That's what we need to get to with a lot of other things, too. It's an infrastructure problem, though. You know? True. Yeah. yeah, I mean, internet isn't broadband for everybody, and that's going to clog up servers. And yada, yada. We're a lot further away from solid state than, than people think they are. I, I, we are at least another generation, if not two, away from that. Because when you think about it's just not fair to people that are in, you know, Hodunk, whatever, you know. Uh, Hodunk? Hodunk, whatever. <laughs> Hodunk, whatever, right next to Washington Tacoma robot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I've lived in rural areas before, in like, you know, in Maine and New Hampshire and stuff, and it's, you know, the internet fidelity, I'm sure, is not very good there. <laughs> I um yeah I I thought the Vita would be it I really expected when they announced the NGP I thought when we finally saw Vita games it would be all digital like I thought they'd be the first to take the plunge yeah bad idea I was well wrong. I think they learned something with PSP Go that, yeah like, people absolutely. were ready to embrace that technology and pay more than the other PSP cost it's true this is uh, one of our super fans Big Tony style Big Tony style. Uh, in regards to Vita memory cards uh-huh. he wonders do you see the price of memory dropping before the end of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's one of those things. Remember how fast memory, if you're old enough to remember the PSP launch, and God, I can't believe I just said that. Old enough? <laughs> that's not That's not 10 years ago. I mean, it was 2004, right? Anyways. I'm just so, saying, I'm still, how many seven-year-old listeners do we have out there? No, but like kids who were 12 then and are 17 now. Like. It wasn't 2005, was it? It yeah. was 2004, I thought. Yeah, Mar- March, or March of 2005. <laughs> I did my math really badly. 2004 is probably in Japan. Or in Japan. Anyways, if those things cost a bajillion dollars, too, and then, yeah, they bajillion. drop so fast. So. I mean, the one, like, yeah, Memory Stick Pro to it was really stupid, but the one thing it had going for it was that at least viewed a Sony camera or whatever, you could also use it. Mm-hmm. Like, Vita memory cards are only for Vita. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if, even if we don't see a price drop on the things themselves, I think they'll be bundled way more often. Like, you're already seeing that. Like, um, Amazon, two days ago, decided to bundle a 4-gig card for free if you pre-ordered the Wi-Fi unit. Like, 
I think we're going to see a lot of uh, memory cards coming with systems. Yeah. I mean, it would be smart once they sell out of all the launch bundles to include all that, to get a case in there and get it all bundled up together. Right. So bundled up so people can just buy yeah. and go. Vita will, I think Vita will get a price drop before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for yeah. Christmas probably. They should. Yeah. I mean, they can't do it immediately. Because uh, the 3DS has had a remarkable turnaround. It's actually doing really well now. Yeah, 3DS is absolutely... I mean, in Japan, 3DS is absolutely obliterating the Vita, uh, which is problematic except for the fact that PSP is still somewhat popular there and they're still mm-hmm. releasing games for it. But um, including games like Lord of Apocalypse, which are on both PSP and Vita mm-hmm. in Japan and only on Vita here. Um, but uh, yeah, they're being... Every week, it's, it's about 5 to 1. Um, now, you know, one of the things I did talk, talk to Jack Tretton about, which was really interesting, was Nintendo's coup in December, which they pulled out of nowhere and... It was a brilliant move, which was to release Monster Hunter, Mario Land, and Mario Kart basically within a two weeks. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. within like two weeks of the Vita launch, and that's what destroyed the Vita. So it's it's all about games. Now, if games are indicative of how a system does, then look at the 3DS's terrible launch lineup, which was fucking abysmal. <laughs> right. And you know when you're playing like a game like Steel Diver and pretending you're enjoying it, <laughs> that was that and, was really bad. I bought that in and, Pilot Wings. I regret it. And, and now you look at Vita's launch lineup, which you know, like you know, I, I think back to all of the launch games. Now NES had a pretty sizable launch library, and and you know some other you know. Wow, the NES. You're going all the way back there. Yeah, I mean, oh. think, think about it. You know, like, that's they're, directly they're, comparable. They're, to Vita. Well, I'm just thinking about like launch lineups in general. Like and, yeah. NES was pretty good. Super Nintendo had like Pilot Wings and stuff like that. Um, N64 was abysmal. They had two games for like two months. Uh, PlayStation <laughs> yeah. had like, I don't yeah. know, Jet Moto no. and Battle More, more often than not, launch sucks. Or, la- console launches are terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. PS2's yeah. was really bad. I mean, th- that was when I was playing Summoner, and I'm like, oh, this is okay. Silent Scope. Came home with Silent Scope. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, I'm going to save the president's daughter. Playing <laughs> Fantavision and shit. Uh, but when you look at Vita's launch lineup, like, it might be the best launch lineup in the history of gaming. And uh, it's not only in terms of the fact that there's 28 games, I think, but yeah. in the fact that like half of them at least are good. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's a lot to be excited about. So if games are going to push it in the West, then I think the Vita is actually going to be okay. And but there's still going to be a reason. For, I, I think Sony probably wants to drop the price now, but they can't because it sends the wrong signal. So, so one thing that's worth pointing out, and depending on what they are listening to this, I'm probably going to sound dumb if this ends up being wrong. But so today, uh, Nintendo Monday, via a swap note press release announced that uh, tomorrow morning they have a Nintendo Direct press event, which is basically timing. The timing is perfect to be the first thing that will be reported of the day that the Vita officially launches in North America. Mm. And so they're simulcasting it in North America and Japan. So Reggie is doing a separate conference and then in Japan, they're doing a conference Listen. and they, you know, <laughs> no, something is coming. Look. It's look. They could theoretically be announcing. I mean, there have been a ton of rumors about the next Pokemon game. There've been a ton of rumors about Metroid. No one knows where retro was working on. Like, they could be announcing something specifically to undercut the Vita tomorrow. And it'll be very interesting. Is is that what you think is going to happen? Is it going to be something cool or is it going to be something dumb? Um, So the last Nintendo Direct conference was unbelievably dumb. It was about girls RPG in Japan, and I watched uh, Awada demo it for 45 minutes. Um, I think this one could be something big. I mean, um, I I think, like, Reggie personally was like, oh, trust me, like, there's some news coming. And, like, the fact that they're doing it in North America. That's what he told you? Yeah, you well, he did tell me via Spotcast. So on the Spotcast press release, it, it a sound clip of Reggie saying, "No, <laughs> yeah, he goes, the press release. Look, <laughs> yeah, you want to watch this?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Hello, this is Reggie from Nintendo of America," and then his handwritten note pops up that's like, "I have some exciting news to share with you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Pacific." Blah blah blah. So like, they're announcing something. It'll be very interesting to see if it's bullshit or if it's probably cool. Pokemon. Could Gotta be. Catch them all. All right. This is uh, listener Trevor Leak. He says, I was hoping you can help me out here. I'm in a bit of a Spanish pickle. Uh, okay. What the hell does that mean? I don't mean? know what that means. <laughs> I can't help you with that. I like dill pickles. He's, in five days, I'm heading to Spain with my bike, my guitar, and some clothing and such. I decided to, to do the smartest thing anyone my age could really do. Drop out of community college in Portland, Oregon to bike around Europe playing guitar and writing music. Right now, my travel itinerary is very loose. But I plan on hitting every major European country. Anyway, I was hoping you all could put a call out to the extraordinarily hospitable listeners of this fine podcast to see if they would be kind enough to take me in for a night. Right now, I'm worried that traveling the way I plan to won't be a good way to meet people. And to really make this trip a success, I need to meet locals. Let me know how many times you're sexually assaulted. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Have you seen the movie Hostel? Anyway, this is uh, Trevor Leak who's writing in. He says to contact me, use trevor.on.the.air at gmail. Or right. they can message him over Facebook. So his name's Trevor? Yeah. A, all right, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw some statistics <laughs> at Trevor real quick. He sounds I, because, sweet. Yeah, a little beyond reference. Uh, 
I'm a little concerned that he said that the smart thing to do is to drop out of college. He was being just, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, but just so he knows that the unemployment rate uh, for people that have a college degree is like four and a half percent. The people without a college degree is something like in the teens. Mm. So you want to be very careful about the choices you're making in an economy like this, Trevor. Just throwing it out there. If you, if you, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy yourself in Europe. But I hope that uh, you know it was it was community college in Oregon. You know, I think he's going to go to Europe and find himself. And then he'll come. Maybe he'll come back ready to get back in the game. Is he so, shipping his bike out there? That's weird. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna bet right now that five years from now on Game Scoop, we will be premiering Trevor's debut single that he writes while he's in Europe. <laughs> that'd be, that'd yeah, be, it probably won't be that long. Remember, remember when a bunch of Americans went to Europe to find themselves in the 1940s and fucking Jesus. wrecked shop? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. That was, I that do. Was their whole goal. That was their whole goal. Go there and find themselves. We've lost our way. <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. Uh, Grab a bayonetta. We'll figure it out. <coughs> a bayonetta. Video games have ruined me. This is Vincent Key. Recently, I've been playing Super Stardust HD. Yeah. Good choice. Which I am loving. My dad, having seen me playing this, has asked me if you can get a Space Invader style game in a similar vein to Stardust. Do you know of any on P- PS3, which are good, that I could get at a reasonable cost? Uh, get Space in- Invaders Infinity, Infinity Gene. Gene. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a Colin review that one. And yeah, I don't even remember what I gave it. I liked it. It's like an you gave it like an eight, I think. Yeah, uh, but it's like an intense modern uh, space invaders. But it, yeah. Each level switches around too, so different stuff's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not even remotely as good as Super Stardust, but it's and it's good. Yeah, it's it's shooting. It so. good. Yeah. Come on, his dad's gonna be so excited. There was like an answer to that question. Like that never happened. This is, this is Micah Hyman. Unfortunate last name. Lol. <laughs> Unfortunate first name. You don't have a beard, Micah Hyman. You get out of here. <laughs> Uh, for unspecified reasons, I have $20 for Amazon that I must spend. I prefer... <laughs> <laughs> I murdered someone. All I had in his wallet was an Amazon gift card. <laughs> I prefer not to spend too much of my own money, so I thought I would buy an older game. What older game for PlayStation 3 would you recommend I get? I like good single-player experiences, preferably no guns. Ooh. Final Fantasy XIII. Thirteen ninety nine. Is there a gun blade? <clears throat> Infamous. You probably yeah. get it from Stardust. So I looked it's up. It's greatest hit. Now. I looked up some prices. Oh, on, good. On Amazon, Arkham Asylum can be got for eighteen dollars and fifteen cents. Batman hates guns too. It's true. Now Bioshock has like shooty shooty, but it's only fourteen dollars. It's also an excellent game. It's so worth yeah. it. Yeah. And Demon Souls is nineteen dollars and thirty four cents. There you go. Overrated, but some people really enjoy it. Some people love that love that game. And since it's a fantasy game, there's no guns in it. But there are crossbows. Yeah. So oh. be careful. If he maybe he doesn't like projectile weapons. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Missiles. Yeah. Uh, Cody Kirkland writes in to say, uh, in the most recent podcast, a listener asked the question, cats versus dogs. When I heard this, I was excited because I thought you were going to discuss a battle between feline and canine. Imagine my disappointment when you guys started talking about the cuteness and companionship. What I want to know is this. In a battle of, say, 500 cats and dogs, all of various but equal sizes... Who would win? So yeah, the cats would win. If the yeah, dogs yeah. come in all different sizes, the cats also come in all different so sizes. So if there's a Great Dane, they have a tiger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they get wolves and coyotes and stuff, which are formidable. Uh-huh. So no, they, we get, you know, the, or I say we because I'm a cat guy. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. We get, we get the, we get the, the tigers and the, and the, and the, the lions and sure. things the, of this nature. Big cats are bigger the than lakes. the big dogs. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, if you're putting lines of tigers in the field, I'm going cats. Cats are going to win that one. Speaking about wrecking shop in Europe in 1940s, man, <laughs> the cats would just be wrecking shop against the dogs, no doubt about it. It wouldn't even be fucking close. You're going to like this one, Greg. Oh, good. This is from Nick. He's sending a good photo. Oh, good. Since I've been listening to the podcast since 2006, I wanted to say thanks for many good times. I just got a job in the gaming industry. What? And listening to your podcast helps me to stay sharp on the current developments in gaming. So thanks for that. For Greg, here's a picture of my blue-eyed dachshund Frank chilling on my lap while watching some TV. Oh, oh man. Frank looks stoned. <laughs> uh, it's a very cute photo, Nick. Yeah, very. What Did he say where he's working or what he's doing? He didn't say. Okay. Finally, uh, last email comes from Adam Dolman, our Winnipegger GameScoop fan. He says, I'm writing in because I wanted to share with you all my GameScoop origin story. Origins, origins. Last summer, I was backpacking across Peru and Ecuador with my girlfriend. I was playing guitar in a hostel. <laughs> I stopped that. I said, to hell with you, community college in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> it was an awesome time. Uh, 
<laughs> but I was boring, uh, boring. out of the loop in gaming news for about a month at that point. So when we got to a hostel with my Wi-Fi, with Wi-Fi, I pulled out my iPod Touch and started searching for gaming podcasts on iTunes. I downloaded a bunch of random ones, and then we left for an eight-hour bus ride through the mountains of Ecuador. A few hours into our trip, the bus ground to a halt. A hush fell over the passengers. All that could be heard was the sounds of Spanish, a Spanish dubbing of Universal Soldado playing through the bus's speakers. Does anyone know what that no, is? No, I have no idea. Oh. Universal Soldier, the Jean-Claude Yeah, Vendor. yeah. Uh-huh. Outside, it was pitch black. Inside, it wasn't much brighter. My girlfriend grew restless. What's happening, she asked. I don't know. Let me check it out, I said. I MacGyvered opened my window and poked my head out. Turns out there had been a landslide, which had covered the only route to the small mountain town we were headed for. The bus was trying to back up, but was having a miserable time of it, considering the narrowness of the cliff we were on. I decided to take my mind off the idea of pitching headlong into a ravine, and I started listening to the podcasts. Most of them sucked, but I spotted one that I had downloaded, IGN Gamescoop episode 212. Oh, good one. And I thought to myself, <laughs> hey, I know IGN. They've got the Jessica Chobot on my Xbox dashboard telling me how to get those achievements. So I hit play. What a great episode. I was greeted by Damon laughing his way through the intro, something that immediately characterized the show itself. I was introduced to a whole new world of gaming podcastum. I learned so many things about the crew in that one episode. Greg is a goofball who enjoys taking his shirt off. Casey Lynch had just taken over as editor-in-chief. Ryan Geddes was leaving. Good. The gravity of this never hit me until I caught up on old GameScoop episodes, but this was a rather bittersweet moment in retrospect. And I was introduced to, the fellow, to fellow Canadian Charles Onyet, despite the fact that he wasn't actually on the podcast. Because we talk about it yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, we love Charles. What a great introduction to the world of Gamescube. Therefore, I humbly submit that episode 212 is one of the best episodes of Gamescube <laughs> that I could have accidentally stumbled upon. When I woke up in the ravine <laughs> with my wife's bloody body mess, <laughs> and thousands of dead Ecuadorians. <laughs> thousands of them. It was a big bus. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Adam ends with, I hope you're all doing well. Thanks for the many laughs. I hope you enjoyed my Gamescube origin story. It was good. Very good. Thanks for sharing that with I us, did enjoy Adam. that. All, all the more reason not to go travel abroad. <laughs> I know, right? right? There's great things to see all over our nation. Colin. Like dog versus cat battles all over the place. <laughs> Colin ventured out of the country for the first time just last year. Yeah, we was, had a good time. was it worth it? Was it worth oh, it? Was it was great. Yeah. It, it, cha- it totally changed. But my you didn't go on some backpack and review. Oh no, I only go. To, I only go to places where I could stay in a hotel. How did you describe the service at German restaurants? Uh, unacceptable. What was it? Oh, no, heinous? Maybe? No, or, it was, uh, the word you used is like. Man, what is the word that he I, uses? I remember it was something, and you're like absurd that? or obscene or something like obscene, that. Yeah, some, some, obscene, yeah, some hyperbole that I, I always know, like no. to pull out. That the sounds service like a was the service was horrendous, though. Yeah, well, you know, that's. <laughs> but that's I enjoyed zero. I enjoyed our time in Germany very much. We did. We had, had good really company. Good yeah. We had a good time at the show. I enjoyed the German people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, that that huge church or whatever the, the hell dome. that was. Yeah, the dome. Oh, that was cool. something else. It's we awesome. don't have anything that old in the United States, I'll tell you what, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all the scoops we have for this week. I think you're right, Greg. I told it, you it was going to be a good one. It was a good episode. You take the good ones, listeners. Uh, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Andrew. I leave you this week with a new song by Downlink, one of my favorite dubstep producers and DJs. The song is called Party Alarm. Enjoy. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
IGN Games Coop. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.